In this section of the gospel, Jesus is encouraging his disciples in view of the passion that is coming. And he knows that that will be such uh, you know, a shock and a source of discouragement for them. So he he's basically you know saying that evil doesn't have the last word, that loss and suffering and the cross don't have the final word in our lives, because that's a, you know, that's a great temptation for many people to just lose hope and lose faith in God. Yeah, it seems that evil is more powerful and, you know, and, and destruction and, and loss have the ultimate word in, in, in our world many times. Notice how he begins. He says, I give you a peace that is not like a peace of this world. It's a peace that I will give you. Um, you know, many commenting on this word say the peace of the world is a peace that is defined by the absence of any conflict. But that's not the peace of, of Christ. It's not the peace of the Messiah. The peace of Christ is being in union with the Father, being in that your will is in harmony with what the Father wants, to be in that union of, of trust and love with God. And, and that may actually result in conflict with others, right? Those who are arranged against God's designs uh, will normally oppose you if you the moment you want to follow Christ, you know, we'll feel that opposition that people don't agree with you or, or you find people criticizing you or making fun of you. Well, you don't have peace in that sense. Your peace is that you're in union with God. Okay. Now look at it. On the flip side would be the, uh, the reverse of that would be that in order to, you know, uh, fit in with everybody else, you abandon God. Okay. It's like the false peace, if you want. And so Jesus is saying, I'm giving you my peace, okay, which may get you in trouble in some moments, but you will be united with me. You will be you know, guided by my Father. And I find it very encouraging to learn that Jesus can give us that peace, that is, that we can truly be in union with God. Without him and without his words, without his grace, without his presence in the sacraments, there, would, there couldn't be such profound union between us and God. It would be just like you know, empty words, but because of him, because he has come to us, it's it's a real thing. It can happen, truly. And so you can have that a peace that sustains you in the midst of struggles, you know. Um, and then comes this phrase that maybe is one of the most difficult in the Gospels. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I can go into the Father, for the Father is greater than I. Um, this phrase is interpreted by some as referring to his humanity. Jesus in his human nature is not as great as the Father. Or in the sense that even as the Divine Son, as equal to the Father in glory and dignity, he's obedient to the Father. Now others interpret it in this way. Jesus is giving words of consolation and he's saying, he, he sees how hard it is for the, the 12 that he's, or the 11 that he is leaving them. And so he says, you know, this, my journey, my going away from you is not simply to end in destruction. It's actually going to end in the resurrection. It's going to end in me being with the Father again. And that's actually great. It's a, it's a good thing. If you loved me, you would not be crying. You wouldn't be you know, despondent, but you will rejoice that I am going back to the Father. That's the ultimate destination of my going away now, even though I go through the cross. Um, and, and and the Father is greater in the sense he, he I, I I am under him. I am obedient to him. I have been sent by him. 
And the fact that he, I have told you these things before they happen means that you know I'm, I'm in the place of God. I know these things before they happen because I'm united with the Father, and, and I'm, I'm the Son of the Father, and so I know these things. And that will be also something that will carry you through this dark time of the Passion. I like finally the final um, phrase here uh, that. The um, the world, the ruler of the world, the evil one has no power over me. In in a sense, evil doesn't have more power than God. Um, if I submit myself to the passion, the Lord would say, is because I want to show the world how much I, that I have to do what the Father commanded me to do. That I love Him, and I serve Him, and I honor Him. Uh, a way to take them to reflect on this gospel for yourself is think of this gospel as a response from Christ to the problem of evil in your own life, to the, the fact that as at times you face uh, this objection that it seems that evil is more powerful. And he says, no, evil doesn't have the last word. And it didn't have the last word in my own case. So in what aspects or in what you know moments in your life does the presence of challenges and suffering and uh, loss and difficulties may tempt you to this despair and how is Jesus responding to that through this gospel?